Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic. We're on WIBA Madison, so welcome aboard. And of course, WISN coming up on 20 years in about a month. That's right. For the Coal Investment Group, the Retirement Clinic. 9-11. Yep. Jeff, it all started back in that. Now, I can't remember. I always forget. We started the week before. Right. September 8th is when we started. And then, of course, you know, we went to wall-to-wall coverage on WISN every day. We t- we, right. we had our local shows. We had Network Fox News covering it. And then I think, did we do your show the second week? No. Not not immediately after, but then the following week. We, we were did. deep into yep, the coverage. And I remember starting with... Um, Frank what, a, what a time to start oh, because yeah. the markets, they were actually closed for several days. Yeah, it, it was a crazy time. But um, yeah, it was but 20 years later, and you think, what's <laughs> going to happen over the next 20 years? We, we have enough to talk about. There are so many things changing. I have another thing to talk about today that's that's uh, different with regard to COVID. We do, we talked a little bit about it. Um, but, you know, things are changing in retirement planning, investments, and everything. So, uh, yeah, we've got 20 years worth of stuff to talk about. Joining Jeff Kowal uh, from the Kowal Investment Group is John White. Welcome back to the show, John. It's great to have you here again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy Saturday morning, everyone. You bet. We're live, so that means we can take calls. Let's open up phone lines. Uh, at the beginning of the hour, we're going to be here till 11 a.m. at 799-1130. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's 414-799-1130. Just a little background, Jeff, on your Cowell Investment Group, the retirement specialist located in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine. You've got that location right off the freeway at Highway 20. So uh, right off the exit, basically. Right. Uh, and But I, going back to your world headquarters, that's based in Waukesha. I think Aaron was on last week. We didn't disagree or have an argument, but he kept on saying Pewaukee. He goes, what's well, a Waukesha address, but it's Pewaukee. Correct. Uh, so, but it's, again, right off the freeway. Easy to find. See, I'm a lover, not a fighter. You won't fight with me about Pewaukee or Waukesha. <laughs> Either one's fine. It doesn't Actually, matter. Actually, our, our uh, location is in Pewaukee. The mailing address is Waukesha. So, so there. If you want to find out more, you can always check it out on the website, The Kowal Way. On that website, The Kowal Way, are links to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. They're all over social media. And, of course, Monday through Friday, market updates, including John White, Jeff Kowal, your great staff. You give us those market updates all in 60 seconds during the Mark Belling Show and in Madison during the Vicki McKenna Show. That's right. One minute uh, during the 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks on WISN in Milwaukee and 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. We'll give you one minute on... Uh, that's Vicki McKenna's show. That's uh, give you one minute on what's going on in the market that day. What's driving the market up or down? Is it a corporate earnings? Is it a, a, a gigantic, stupendous infrastructure bill that's driving the markets one way or the other? Is it inflation? What's going on? Uh, we also try to give you a, a so what. So how does that apply to your life? In the in one minute report, we wrap it up with the Dow, the S and P five hundred, tech heavy Nasdaq, all in one minute. Three and five o'clock news box on WISN Milwaukee, four fifty five on WIBA in Madison. Before we start, I got to go back to what you just said because you did a report this week, Jeff. I did, and you you cited something, and then you said, but so what? And you you said it now. It's a good point. How does this affect your plan? It might affect 
thousands, millions of others. How does it affect your plan? Every plan's different. Yeah, you hear in the news about inflation, and that particular one was, so what? So how does it affect me? Higher borrowing rates, rates um, higher interest rates if you're on fixed income. There are a lot of things, higher oil prices. There are a lot of things that uh, affected by inflation, and they say it's not just going to be temporary. It's going to be long-lasting. So you, it's gonna you don't mean it in a selfish way, so what? You know, No, like no, who, no. Like, I mean, who cares? It means, no, not at so all. what does this mean for me? What Absolutely. do I have to be concerned about? Correct. And how does it apply to my life? What type of things should I be aware of if it does apply to me? Well, with John White in studio with Jeff Kowal here, of course, your calls are well. I see calls coming in already on Roth IRAs and other Great. retirement vehicles. We can take those, Jeff. You've got the sexy segment coming up. Aaron Kowal joins us each week as well with the Boss Minute Business Owners Savings and Security because business owners sometimes don't have a retirement plan or they say, yeah, I do. It's my business. That's right. So you have to be aware of that. So we address that as well. Paul, I know that you like horror stories. So I've got one to start the day, and then I've got another one during the sexy segment. So you want to stick around for those as well. You want to get a call in or two? Yeah, let's first get the calls here? first. Okay, let's do that. We are live again on WISN and WIBA with the Retirement Clinic. Let's begin in Milwaukee. First up for the day, Dave, how can we help you? Good morning, sir. Morning, Dave. Hello. Um, I love your show. Thanks. What's hey, up? My wife and I are. I'm 70, my wife is 69, and we're want to do more, con, uh, thinking about doing more conversion, uh, turning our Roth IRAs into a Roth. Yes. And um, I can do 30000 at 12% uh, taxes. Is it wise for me to, to put in more? Now, we can put in more. Yeah. We have enough money to that's, put in more. That's really a great question. Jump, is it wise to jump up to the next bracket and put in more? I that's a that's a great question, Dave. And uh, I would encourage you. I don't know everything about. Uh, uh, you can chime in too, uh, John. John's got an opinion on it as well. Um, but I like the idea of doing. Uh, Roth conversions as aggressively as possible. You say you see that they're taking a vote on. Um, uh, infrastructure today, there's probably going to be a vote on this five and a half trillion dollar uh, thing, uh, uh, boondoggle later on, and they're going to have to raise taxes. So, Dave, when you're talking about doing more, yes, do thirty thousand uh, at least, but you could do much more, John. Yeah, uh, I would just caution when you're doing a conversion to watch out for your adjusted gross income. So that's your gross income from all sources, pension, social security, everything. And then what you do is you say, okay, well, if I do this conversion, that is added to that number. And make sure that you don't fall into those gotchas, which are increasing Part B Medicare premiums. And if you have over 150000 in adjusted gross income this year, you might miss out on that stimulus check of $1,400 per tax filer. Yeah, I think there are a lot of reasons to do it. Be mindful of you know jumping into the next tax bracket. And I think if you bump up more into the next tax bracket, if you do... Uh, sixty, seventy thousand have to pay at a little bit higher tax bracket, with most of it at twelve percent. I think that's okay. But again, as John mentioned, be be aware that you might. First of all, you have to make sure you, that you look at your taxes and make sure that you're not going to create a penalty by having it, uh, so much additional income. Maybe add a little bit more to uh, estimated taxes for this year, uh, but also be aware that you don't go over that uh, Medicare uh, line for having to pay higher Medicare premiums. I'm not. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, can you explain that? Sure. The Johnny one death. The Medicare. Yeah. 
Yes. Okay. Right. So, you know, basically with Medicare, they have different tables for assessing when your Part B premium is going to go up. I believe for a married uh, couple filing a joint tax return, I believe it's 176, but I might be a little bit off on that. Um, but be mindful if you go over that amount, then your Part B premium will go up in the next two years because they look at your tax filing from the last two years to figure out will your Part B go up. Um, so just be mindful of that because that's a gotcha, I call them. <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of gotchas. <laughs> so if you're 30000 of Roth conversion that you were mentioning, put you over that, you may be paying higher premiums. So, yes, you'll be paying lower taxes on that conversion, but – uh, but you said that would t- they would only take it to a twelve, or that'd be a twelve percent tax bracket. So I think you probably have a fair amount of room in there before you have to worry about higher Medicare premiums. Yeah, because yeah, that we make um, what we're making uh, with the thirty thousand, we make a, that's one hundred and ten, and then we have uh, almost thirty thousand deductions. Yeah, you're great. So that brings us down to eighty, which is twelve percent. So the, the one seventy six that would be what untaxable that. Not after my deductions. Yeah, you're adjusted gross. Yep. So, yeah, after adjusted de- gross. Yep. Um, and so that you have some room to go. So even if you go above that 12%, I think it makes sense because, again, if you're, if you're watching TV at all, you see that these guys are trying to get more taxes through. It's likely to happen that taxes are going to go up. So even if you grab a little bit more of that and a little bit higher tax bracket, as long as you don't exceed that 176 or whatever that amount is, I think that is that. Um, uh, then you'll be fine. Uh, and make sure that you be, pay attention to the estimated taxes. But I would do even a little bit more than 30000 if you could. Good question. Dave, I hope that helps you out. Thank you. You Thank bet. you, Dave. Good call. Yeah, those are the kind of calls, you know, when you talk about planning for retirement at the Coal Investment Group. Jeff, this is what you guys do. It's your niche. It's what your focus is on retirement. Yeah, and, and just as John mentioned, we, we, we like Roth conversions. We like you to aggressively look at doing that, especially with the likelihood that taxes are going to go up. But you don't. there are often competing objectives. You don't want to you know, grab the taxes at a lower tax bracket and then have to pay higher premiums for Medicare because of that. Uh, so often competing objectives. This is my horror story, Paul. Okay. This is uh, the first one of two. Man uses boy's social security number in fraud. Uh, a man has pleaded guilty to using a boy's social security number to open credit card accounts and get loans to buy snowmobile, motorcycle cars, motorcycle and cars. U.S. Attorney's Office in New Hampshire said... Credit reports showed that the accounts were opened between December of twenty of, of nine, I'm sorry, December of twenty sixteen when the boy was seven. Seven. And August of twenty nineteen when he was ten. The man who was from Maine obtained over two hundred twenty seven thousand dollars in money and property that he should not have received. The office said he is scheduled to be sentenced October seventh. Good, they got him. Well, they got him. Yeah, they don't often get him, or they don't now, always now that, get him. I shouldn't say often. Would, in that case, would that kid get a new social number once it's been used like that, or is I mean, used and abused? Yeah, it would make sense that he would, but I don't know what the process. Social is Security, yeah. I missed. I mean, you'd you'd work with the uh, Social Security. You know, when Carol is on, she's she's often. Uh, says Jeff, make sure you go to the right website. It's always dot gov. gov yes. Dot gov. I believe it's ssa.gov, right? That yes. is a proper website. I'm just curious, you know, because that's a young boy, seven years old when he was. 
Scam. Well, he got Social Security, so he's not going to get, you know, chances are. Right. Hopefully this guy had some earned income. To, no, he wouldn't have added to that <laughs> <laughs> to the, to the, for the kids' uh, earned well, income. But. it's an example. That's horror story number one, that it can happen to anybody, obviously. That social number is not to be given out loosely. That's right. And in our wealth management and uh, the preservation segment, the sexy segment, we're going to talk out about talk about how an IRA trustees wipe out an inherited IRA became a hundred percent taxable right away. We'll talk about that. That'll Ooh, be a fun one too. Good stuff in coming the, up. In the meantime, I want to talk. Oh, we have to get a break. Down. Yeah, let's break now, okay. Jeff. Uh, we'll sneak our first break in right now. Then we'll come back. We're on WIBM Madison, WISN in Milwaukee, and John, you've got something for us. Give us a little tease. On your topic when we come back. Yeah, I'm going to try and make this as romantic as I can. I was going to talk about performance (laughs) and how to measure your investment performance. So I'm going to call it a tale of two returns. The tale of two returns. Make it as romantic as possible. That's what's known for at the uh, the retirement clinic. You should have been a writer, John. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the wrong career. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll find out in a few minutes. We'll come back with John White with your host, of course, Jeff Kowal. Uh, Jeff is president of the Cowell Investment Group, the retirement specialist located in Waukesha, Port, Phoenix, Racine, thecowellway.com for more info. We'll be right back here in WISN and WIBA. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. An exit strategy is a must for any business owner who is ready to retire as it will describe and outline the transition as well as guide your business. Typically, the business is often the owner's largest asset and the decision to leave your business and retire has big financial ramifications. An exit strategy will help steer the process and ease stress. There are several business exit strategies to consider. A few of the most common are selling your stake to a partner or investor, family succession, a merger or acquisition, aqua hires, which means your business is bought solely to acquire talent, and management or employee buyout. There is not necessarily a right or wrong exit. However, some options may work better than others. The best strategy will really depend on your particular situation. While planning your exit strategy, there are a few things you should consider regarding how you will leave, such as your financial situation and expectations. Will you make money when you exit your business? And if so, how much? What do you wish to happen to your business after you leave? Do you want to stay involved? How long will your exit take? And what kind of transition period is needed? Answering these questions and planning ahead will help make the transition out of your business as smooth as possible. It is the best thing you can do for you and your business. If you need assistance developing an exit strategy, Give her office a call at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thekowalway.com. That's Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group. He was actually hosted the show last week. Jeff, your son, by way of background. Yep. And Jeff Kowal is here today with John White. We're live in studio. WIBA carries us in Madison as well as WISN in Milwaukee. A lot coming up. The sexy segment. Check out thekowalway.com if you want to meet with a you know a retirement specialist uh, and talk about your future. But John White's got a topic here. What was your title? The Tale of Two Returns. Oh, you're, we got to get your mic on. There we go. No, oh, there we go. Sorry. Yeah, Tale of Two Returns. Um, you know, what happens is when, when we meet with our clients to review their situation, um, you know, we'll talk about how's your family doing? How's your health? Do you have any travel plans? 
you know, what's going on in your life that would affect anything that we're doing for you in terms of your money. But I often find that if I were not to talk about their investment performance, that would be kind of strange or their investment allocation. It would be. They'd walk out of the meeting going, why didn't we talk about that really important thing? And so I thought, let's let's cover this topic of investment performance because there's two ways that we really look at this. And I've given you a little handout there to follow along. So what's going on here is um, we have two years, year one, year two. And in the first year, in, in one example, um, we have two returns. And the first one is called the time-weighted return or rate of return. Um, the next one is called the money-weighted rate of return. And another expression for that is your personal rate of return. So I'm just going to explain the two and give you an example. So let's start with time-weighted. So time-weighted begins with in year one, you invest $100,000 into, say, uh, an investment, a mutual fund, whatever it might be. And the portfolio increases by 25% in year one. So at the end of the year, you've got $125,000. So that's great. You begin year two with 125000 but then the market drops 20%. So your mutual fund drops 20%. So at the end of year two, you're back down to 100000 which means that you've made a 0% return. Not good. Not right? good at all. Over the two-year period, you're up 25, then down 20. You're, you're back to square one. You're, you're at 0%. So that's what's called the time-weighted return. It doesn't focus on money coming into the account. It doesn't focus on money exiting the account. It just focuses on the pure time period that you've held the investment. Now, what you're going to find in our industry is that mutual funds, when you compare funds to each other, they're going to use the time-weighted rate of return. That's what they're going to focus on because when a money manager manages a mutual fund, they can't account for when people will buy and sell their mutual funds. They have to ignore all that information and just go off how it's done over the, the, the time period. So what we do here at the Cowal Investment Group is we focus on the, the, the next one, the money-weighted rate of return. And that, what that's going to do, and different from the first one, is it's going to focus on cash flow. It's going to focus on money coming into an account money coming out of an account. And of course, let's apply that to real life. You know, we have people that are older than 72 and they're taking required minimum distributions from their IRA. Well, that's an outflow that's coming out of the account. We have people that are saving for retirement and contributing. So that's coming into the account. So it's kind of simple stuff, but it, you know, it's important because it affects, it's, it's more practical that we use this, this performance measure. So in this example, just like the first one, what we do is we split things up a little bit. So in year one, you contribute... $50,000. And this is for the, the bottom one, the money-weighted rate of return. And just like in the first example, that the account is up 25%. So your ending balance in year one is 62500 And then what you're doing year two is you add $50,000. So now your total amount invested is 112500 But just like the first example, the market's down 20%, your investment's down. So now the investment dollar has, amount has dropped by 22500 and you have $90,000 left over. And how we calculate that is the money-weighted rate of return is now negative 6.83%. So what this illustration is showing is we have two, two, different, um, two different ways of measuring it, but we're using the same dollar amounts when it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. But we have a completely different investment outcome. We have 0% in one section, and then we have minus 683 in another section. Even um, though you put in more money in the second example, fifty thousand. Right. So the in year one you put in fifty, yep. and it's up twenty five percent. But this is the big thing: is that most of the money was invested when it was down. 
So there's more money invested in the down year, which is why you get two different performance and, and numbers. So you should, this book is coming out soon, I assume. <laughs> the Tale of Two Returns by John White. <laughs> I like it. But your example is, now these are extremes, though. Down 20% would definitely be oh, a, yeah. a correction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but you did that for a reason, yes. to show the difference in the returns. Exactly right. And so the most important thing when we're talking about rates of return for our client's portfolio and, and of course, you know, performance is important, investments are important, but what really is important here is how it all marries up with your overall strategy. But I just want people to understand that, that there are different ways of measuring things. When you're looking at mutual fund literature, they are going to be using the time-weighted rate of return. But when we're talking about your investments and how they've done, we're going to be using the money-weighted rate of return because that's how we live our lives. We're contributing, we're withdrawing. Um, obviously, there's fees, there's things like that that are going on. So we have to account for all of that and give you the most accurate number possible, which is that rate of return. That and we talk rate. about how you, you know, you say how you live your life. Um, the next, the strategy next would be to put another fifty thousand dollars in the next year when it dropped twenty two and a half percent, and that would be fifty thousand one year, fifty the next year when it drops twenty when and it drops, and then at the end of that year when the market's down, drop in another fifty thousand. So then the money, you basically are buying at a discount at that point. Buying low. That's what we did last year for our clients. So we didn't want to sell our clients life savings at a discount. So when the market was down, we rebalanced and bought when the market was down. And that that proved to be a good strategy and exactly what John was talking about. When the markets, when COVID hit in 2020, what was it? March, February, can't remember. Mm -hmm. Right around there, right? Yeah. Late February, early March. And we saw the markets go down at the highest point, what was it, John? 35%? Uh, the S&P was down 33%, I believe. Okay. At its lowest point, yeah. And boy, it's really rebounded since. Oh, right. Exactly. Uh, and that's an understatement. It's really rebounded since. Yeah, record right. highs. Yeah. And, and, we're, all three of the index, and we're still in the, a bull market, Jeff. Nothing's Absolutely. changed. Yes. Um, which maybe shocked some people, uh, including myself. Uh, Jeff and I had conversations where I was on, I was on the ledge. And Jeff talked me off. Yep. <laughs> talked but, me off that ledge. I was just like, well, I, I can't sit here every day and watch my retirement plan go, go down by You thousands. would go nuts if you listened to the radio and listened oh. to I mean, for the for that part of it. Of course you want to listen to radio. But I'm radio, in radio. Especially Saturdays from 10 to 11. What you, uh, you said is you've got to tune out, because uh, every day the pundits were saying something new. That's right. The, the alarms, the the. I mean, even now with this second round, the Delta variant, it's like the world's coming to an end. Again, it's happening, Jeff. And everybody has a stake in it that they're either trying to sell newsletters, trying to sell their subscription service for investing. Um, you know, so the, it, it, there's not a lot of glamour or romance, as John puts it, um, in success and long-term investing. But that's what you have to do. You have to be calm during calm during a storm and not and try to be calm during chaos like times in times like this. And remember that time, Jeff, uh, in, like you said, you were st- if you stayed in the markets and didn't panic and get out, you were buying everything low. And yes. then when things rebounded, you did really Absolutely. well. I mean, at the end of the year, I can't remember what I was up, but it was about 22 or 23%. Yep. One thing that we have to pay attention to is this, this illustration, as everybody could see, because it's down 20% the second year. This is radio. Because you're and holding it up to the I'm, mic. I'm holding up to the microphone so everybody can see that minus 20% the second year. Uh, John is very good at this with, with regard to cash flow analysis. We try to take a bad timing scenario and say um, – you know, what happens if as soon as you retire, the market drops 20% the first year and 5% the second year? I try to duplicate what happened in 2008. 
Yeah, we we will stress test for the the worst outcome. What if you retire when the market is down for two consecutive years? And yes, we'll talk about the percentage decline. But what I like to say is the dollar amount. Like if I tell you, hey, you're down $380,000 in year one, and in the second year, you're down $125,000. That's more meaningful than percentages. Oh, it totally to hits home. You're oh, right. Yeah. As opposed to percentages. Right. It's the same as the Dow or the S&P. When you get the market reports, when you say it's up 330 points, it means a lot more than just giving a percentage. Right. Although the percentage is how you should view it, right? Because- Right. I think of, I remember years ago, Jeff. I wonder where the Dow was when we started this show twenty years ago, right before nine oh, eleven. Yeah. Where is it at right now? It's at about thirty four. Yeah, probably around 000? six thousand at that time. Because I remember uh, some of these trips they had gotten up to fourteen thousand, could not get it. It dropped down to nine. Dropped out of 7,500, I believe, 7,200. And we were waiting for for a long time for it to come back over yeah. 14,000. And now we're over 35,000. So Yeah, it finished. Uh, here on I've... the Dow, that is. Yeah, so it, it, So what What do you pay attention to? You pay attention to those percentages. While I you're think. looking at that, Paul, I want to go circle back. Isn't that what Jen Pasaki says? I want to circle back. I want to circle back to something we started with with regard to Social Security. You're, you're talking about Biden's... Uh... Press secretary, right. Jen Psaki with the red hair. That they, they make fun of how she flips it all the time. Yes, uh, She always says, we'll circle back to that. Yes, In other so, words, I'm not answering your question. Yeah, so I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to circle back to Social Security because I know we have a couple minutes before next break, right? Yep, yep. We got two minutes. Okay, let me talk about that. Uh, great job with that return uh, uh, scenario, uh, John. Uh, three, I want to talk about reasons to take Social Security benefits at 62. Uh, we work with all clients um, uh, uh, all the time on retirement and Social Security. And you had mentioned about people not going back to work, job openings because of COVID, that some people have chosen to retire rather than going back to work. I don't know if we said it on the air or if we were just talking before with your daughter getting a job. Yeah, uh, uh, that that is what we were talking about. I, I mentioned my youngest daughter got, got a job, but it wasn't – what struck me was she had seven different interviews, four, I think four offers – and she took the one that, that she was the happiest with. Congratulations, Sydney, by the way. Absolutely. We're very she got her master's degree, uh, Jeff, and she's off and running, right? Here's what she said. A lot of these places lost employees that were 59, 60, and they just said, like police officers in Chicago. You know what they're yes. doing? New York, they're quitting. They're quitting going they're to just, Florida. They're, they're just done. We've <laughs> yes. had it. it. It is not worth it what we're going through, so they're quitting. Yeah, you saw in Portland, they're trying to get some of those guys to come back, and they said, we're no, not coming back. We're not coming we're, back. Yeah. Well, this is in line with that. You have somebody retiring 58 or 60 and thinking, should I take Social Security at 62? This is exactly what we talk about with our clients. Your monthly Social Security benefit is calculated using the wages from your 35 highest paid years in the workforce. Uh, from there, the age you file will determine how much money you get. Typically, you have full retirement age of 66 or 67, somewhere in between there, depending on your year of birth. But you can claim as early as age 62, and does it make sense for you to do it? Could be up to a 30% reduction. And I want to say, um, you know, why would you knowingly take a reduction in your benefits? And I'm going to talk to you about three ways. One, three reasons why. One, travel is back. Many people spent most of 2020 and the first part of 2021 stuck at home. The Delta variant may throw a wrench in it in some people's plans, but people are just ready to go back to traveling. Right now, a lot of countries that were previously closed off to U.S. travelers are opening the borders. There aren't restrictions 
or quarantine requirements for domestic travel. So one of the reasons why people are retiring early, they missed out on travel, they're looking at going back to travel, taking Social Security early is a way to do that. Next is that your your job isn't good, and the pandemic taught us anything. It's a treasure to have your good health. But if your job is stressful or strenuous, strenuous to the point where it's negatively impacting your health, then claiming Social Security at 62 may make sense. Retire early, like you were talking about, some of those healthcare workers, police, retire early, maybe take Social Security benefits at 62. Last is that you're not a risk taker. Life expectancy delaying Social Security if you wait too long. Uh, and you die early, you may not fully get all of your Social Security benefits. This way, by by taking it at 62, it, it may make sense for you to, again, be depending on your life expectancy. We're going to circle back to the retirement clinic after <laughs> a quick break. You know, once you got that, it's a great way to handle things, isn't it? We'll circle back to that later until that's all you say every time and that's people right. pick up on it. Now you got to come up with a new phrase there. And then you got to make sure you circle back because if you don't, you're... they're going to think you're avoiding the question. <laughs> exactly. We're really going to circle back, which means we'll be back after a break on WISN and WIBA, the retirement clinic. Jeff Kowal and John White from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Stick around. Recognize me anymore. Not that you knew me back then, but it all comes back to me in the end. You kept everything inside, and even though I tried, it all fell apart. Back with the sexy segment, that's what the music is for. Every week we do this on the Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal and John White in studio. By way of background, it's pretty simple. You just say money, wealth management, preservation is a sexy topic, right? Yeah. Who doesn't want more of that? Yeah, this show is for everybody, but this particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Um and a lot of times people think, well, I don't have a million dollars, and why should it apply to me? Well, the, go- the way government looks at it, they, they include your insurance, your life insurance, your IRA, your 401k, any investments, any property you have, anything else as part of your estate. Once you've accumulated some wealth, they want to add it. So this is a way to, to preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs. And sometimes mistakes are made. <laughs> this is one of them. Ed Slot, I've been a member of his program since about 1999. So, uh, and he's probably the most widely recognized name in, um, in uh, uh, IRA tax legislation and following it and how do you apply it to your life. Ed Slot. But he says, this is an article, IRA trustees wipe out an inherited IRA, their own they wipe out their own inherited IRA. Imagine spending a lifetime building a retirement account only to have your beneficiaries lose it in one fell swoop. They mishandled the account, triggering tax on the entire inherited individual retirement account. I mean, that's a, that's a nightmare scenario. Yes, as he puts it, it's a real-life horror story. Um, and we can learn from it. Uh, a, non, uh, 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 a spouse can be, uh, inherit... Uh, only a spouse can inherit an IRA. 
a non-spouse beneficiary would inherit would inherit it as an inherited IRA. Even if it's in a trust and everything, Jeff? Well, here, we, here it goes. <laughs> the husband had an IRA. He died and left the IRA to his wife, who rolled it into, over into his IRA, into her IRA. No problem there. Everything fine. She then named the trust as the IRA beneficiary and named her children as both the trustees and the beneficiaries of the trust. Again, to this point, as long as you follow the rules and as long as it's a conduit and everything works, that's fine. Then the wife died and the trust inherited the IRA funds. As trustees, the children had total control over their funds and it didn't take long for things to unravel. A few months later, the children decided that they didn't like the investments in the IRA. Instead, they wanted to trade stocks with their inherited IRA funds, but the custodian informed them that the existing account could not accommodate straight stock trades. That's okay. There's a way to do it. So the children decided to move substantially all the inherited IRA assets to a non-qualified, non-IRA brokerage account. So they figured... Oh, we got this other account that's named in the trust too. We'll just name it that trust as the beneficiary, as as the owner of this. Well, that was a fatal error, resulting in the distribution of the inherited IRA assets. The inherited IRA became fully taxable at that point. Once funds are withdrawn from inherited IRA by a non-spouse beneficiary, such as a trust, they cannot put it back. The mistake cannot be fixed. But these beneficiaries tried to do it anyway with a desperate Hail Mary attempt. So they did uh, uh, what's called a private, they tried to get a private letter ruling. Basically, it held the IRS ruled, uh, you can't do that. You deliberately moved it from an IRA beneficiary trust to a, a trust. How old are these kids? I mean, are these adult children? They must have been adult kids. It must have yeah. been in the 30s, 40s, 50s to do it. But proper movement of money is paramount. The only way to move money from one inherited IRA to another is via direct trustee-to-trustee transfer. There's no other option. The 60-day rollover is not allowed. You can't take it out, put it back within 60 days. You can with your your IRA. There are some restrictions on that. But the adult kids were entirely within their rights to move the IRA, inherited IRA dollars to another inherited IRA to purchase stocks if that's what they wanted to do. But they didn't. They moved it from an IRA beneficiary trust to an a, uh, a trust. They felt, that's well, close enough. It's not close enough. Well, they Were they getting bad advice or were doing this on their they own? They probably just tried to do it on their own. And you know, the trustee probably helped them do it. Or the advisor tried to get that money away from whoever it was and just didn't do the titling properly. That's why it's important to work with somebody who works with this stuff all the time. You know, if you have a half a million dollar inheritance and inherited IRA uh, in a trust, you could take required minimum distributions. You could follow those rules, tenure out, no problem. But then if you try to move it just to a trust, it doesn't work. That's a complete and total distribution from the IRA. How much money were we talking here? It doesn't say in here, but as an example, if it was $500,000, you'd be paying $200,000 in taxes at least on that right away. Oh. It's all taxable income on top of your ordinary income. So if you're making 200000 yourself and you add another 200000 200, or $500,000 of, of ordinary income on top of that, I guess the technical term is that you get creamed. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, and, and not only that, private letter rulings were expensive, so you probably paid at least $10,000 plus professional fees just to try and get the ruling that said, no, you did it wrong. You did it wrong. Uh, that is an actual horror story, Jeff, uh, no doubt about it.
Oh yeah. So you have to be careful with that. You can, you can. A lot of times you want to have um, a, 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 a trust as a beneficiary of your IRA, but it has to be an IRA beneficiary trust. Sometimes if kids are spendthrift or you want to put some restrictions on, or want to make sure that they just take out the required minimum distribution, there are things that you can do. But uh, you know, reasons to have uh, IRA beneficiary trust. Uh, but you have to be careful. You have to make sure that you follow all the rules, and you may have to make sure that the IRS uh, is it is done in such a way that the that the money flows from the IRA, the deceased person's IRA, to the inherited IRA. That was almost an, not a sexy thing. That was unsexy, right? Losing money. Yeah, pretty ugly. But <laughs> it was sexy for the IRS. <laughs> That's right. Yes, somebody benefited, it, and it was Uncle Sam. Yes. Any thoughts on that before we break, John? Yeah. No, uh, I just echoing what what. Jeff's saying here is <clears throat> be very careful about you know because obviously the IRS they're they're not too uh, forgiving on those kind of mistakes and um, just just I, the way I explain it to clients is when you have my diary think about it like you're holding an umbrella and you have tax shelter well what happened here is they threw away the umbrella <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> and, yeah. and uh, we don't need an umbrella yeah right. we won't get wet yeah oh and, you did yeah. Exactly. You get soaked. Right. Or as Jeff put it, you get creamed. Right. <laughs> the technical term. Uh, good stuff, Jeff. And you can, I mean, learn from others' mistakes. You know, don't do that. <laughs> what they yeah, did. Just was- be careful. There may, again, there may be reasons to have a, a trust as a beneficiary. Just make sure it follows the rules. Make sure it's a conduit. Make sure that the assets do get there and they're in a prop, proper form. But these kids seem and then reckless be careful with when their you mom's move. money. Yeah, be careful when you move it because you, you, you may or may not know better. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. And if you want to reach out again, the Kowal Investment Group, great website. You can start there, thekowalway.com. You can call them anytime, 262-522-4040, 262-522-4040. They're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of that good stuff. The Retirement Clinic with John White and Jeff Kowal back after this. Wake you up. That's a lot. Lincoln so, Park. Yeah. John White picking out the bumper music today? No, it was Jeff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, don't blame that on me. All right. <laughs> the, the retirement clinic continues on WISN. Off the air talking about the uh, the state fair. Uh, it is going on. We've been talking. In fact, the weather forecast, warm for the next week. Today, a high of 85. Uh, hot, humid. Chances some scattered storms. This afternoon and tonight, scattered storms possible. Uh, some severe tonight down to 72. Warm again tomorrow, really warm. Sunday's high, 90. Cloudy, scattered showers and storms. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's summer. I love it. Yeah, it is the state fair. It's August, right? Monday, partly sunny, hot and humid again. Thunderstorms possible, high of 86. High of 90 again on Tuesday. Uh, but it is ending some of this drought-like weather. The lawns are brown as brown i mean a little bit of rain last night but we had a couple of things we wanted to touch on with regard to social security john why don't you make a comment on that and then i'll wrap it up yeah so we were talking about the whole fraud situation with social security if you log on to socialsecurity.gov and create a login account 
it'll cut the chance of fraud on your social security by one third. So you go on there, you create a, you create your login information. They're going to ask you those those funny questions like what car did you drive in two thousand two, and they'll give you a list of of vehicles, things like that. Um, and just another point on social security, it's kind of. Un, unsaid by the Social Security Department themselves, but 75% of people do claim Social Security at 62 because they think the trust fund's going to run out of money. Um, I don't think that's a really good way to look at it in terms of filing for it. Do some more homework just than that thought. For 30 years, I've yeah. been hearing people say, by the time you retire, Paul, Social Security will be dried up. Right. Yeah. No, that's and, and uh, Carol Richard when she's on here always says no. There, and it's just such a political hot potato. Nobody's going to defund it, or you know they're going to find ways to um, either extend the right. That the, basically two changes they could do to make the program viable till twenty ninety would be to increase the full retirement age from sixty seven to say seventy, mm. or and they'll say people are living longer than ever, which that's true. Um, and the other one is to increase the FICA tax in the top 5% of income earners. Those are just a couple of options. There's a lot more than that. There's a lot of right. ideas yeah. being yeah. kicked around. Yeah. Of course, it's got to pass in the House mm-hmm. and the Senate. And- right. And it was uh, Al Greenspan and President Bush and Paul Ryan that said all you would have to do is decrease the increases for people who have high income. So there are uh, maybe 250000 or above. At any rate, there are ways to save it. You know, taking it early because you think it's going to run out is not one of them. And just to to wrap that up, claiming Social Security at 62 isn't right for everyone. If you haven't saved much for retirement and will need your benefits to cover the bulk of your senior living expenses, then you might want to sit tight and file at a later age. But you should know that signing up for benefits at 62 could make it possible to travel when you're relatively young, leave a job that's harmful to your health, and maybe just give you some peace of mind that you'll begin collecting benefits as soon as you were able to. Uh, in case you think you're going to pass away early and not be able to collect. Because a lot of times if you delay it, the break-even point is age 80 or 83. So if you if you don't think you're going to make it that long, then it may, be, may, 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 underline may, make sense for you to collect it early. I know you guys work with your clients on when they should start collecting their Social Security, right? Absolutely. The longer you put it off, the more you do get john right. right it's almost an eight percent increase every year for every year delay taking it so that, that's, that's a nice. lot that's a lot yeah um everything we talked about today jeff the retirement clinic if you've got questions follow up to reach out to the Kowal investment group the retirement specialists located in waukesha they're up in ozaki county in port washington phoenix arizona and in racine call 262-522 4040. Yep, uh, Monday through Friday, listen to the Retirement Clinic radio report or business reports 305 and 505 in Milwaukee, or 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks in Milwaukee, and on WIBAMS and 455. 262 522 4040 for the Kowal Investment Group. And the website, thekowalway.com. Thanks for tuning in to WISN and WIBA.